It's Friday, must be time for another chapter of Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. On this Chapter 33, we'll be telling you about the strangest retail sale we've ever seen. And this week, we had an amazing day in the lot with a visit to an incredible vineyard and the best restaurant experience we've had since moving here. Mm-hmm. Let's get going. So we've talked a lot about how dry and how hot it has been here in France. And I just wanted to give a quick update that we have finally gotten some rain and a good amount of rain. And we're now seeing things greening up and getting back to normal. The fires that were in the Gironde area are now um, put out and under control. Um, so it, it's it's looking as though the weather's going to cool off in the near future and vegetation will get back to normal. Yeah, and, and not a moment too soon. I mean, coupled with the fact that it was dry for two months, the heat was just well, le- lethal, really. I mean, it was lethal. People died. Yeah. Uh, but uh, around here for a good three weeks, it was plus 30 and very close to 40 much of the time. So. Yeah. Well, there have been three heat waves, mm-hmm. and that's historic. The, the the people here have not seen that uh, ever. No. So. I mean, they're used to 40 degrees in the summer, but like on and off and mixed in with some overnight rain or whatever. But it's nice to see, as you say, things greening up, and we've got some, some clouds, and it's just cooler and nice. We went on a nice walk this morning, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we didn't come back d- drenched. You know, from from sweat and heat. So yeah, it's been it's been really nice, and uh, so you don't have to worry about us anymore because we do get a lot of hey, how are you guys doing in the heat and everything. <laughs> we're we're doing, doing okay. Yeah, we're doing okay. <laughs> we had a very odd visit to our nearby Villeneuve sur Lot the other day. So it's the nearest larger city that we have to uh, in our proximity, and <laughs> so we go over there. We had some running around to do. And we take a look. There's the old Villeneuve-sur-Lot, which is where the medieval part of the city exists. And that's yeah. that's the part you really want to see. Yeah, 11th, 11th, 12th century, really nice architecture, a nice um, town square with restaurants and boutiques all around. It's very charming. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you've got these uh, arches and walls that have been there. And, and just even the roads are, you know, those Roman-style roads with rocks. It's it's really beautiful. But there's this one little uh, piece of architecture. It's it's an old uh, house, I guess you could say, and they've decided to try and maintain it because there's a sign right in front of the house talking about the heritage of this building. Yeah, they were called Les Maisons à Pont de Bois. So originally the houses that were built were built in with with wood, and there was no brick or stone element. They would take wood from the na- neighboring forests and build these homes. And then somebody wrote the three little pigs and everything <laughs> changed. <laughs> well, no. What, what was happening is it was, it was too um, vulnerable to fires and flame. So they decided to add a, a more solid building material. So they entered brick. And in this particular kind of, of building, it's tiny little thin red bricks with these big wooden crosses. It, it, it's a different style completely than what we're accustomed to. Yeah, it's really imposing looking because these these crosses that Julie's talking about are like 10 by 10 beams. So it's like these big crosses with the, the brick and mortar in between. And uh, well, I'm going to show you a, a picture of it. Check out our Facebook page, Jeff and Julie Moved to France. 
Yeah. And, you know, at some stage, I don't know which king decided that they were ugly, but they started being destroyed. And so now there are only a few uh, examples of that architecture left. And I, I wonder, like I look at that and I go, that can't be the original wood. It can't. Oh, I think it is. But I think it is because like to replace the wood, you'll see that the mortar is all around the wood. You'd have to take the whole thing apart. You're right. You're right. Well, it was interesting because while we were admiring this architecture, across the street, like right across the street, (laughs) there's a a retail store that's having this wacky sale. And we've never, I've never seen anything like it before. So there are placards in the window, handwritten, and the concept of this sale is that you will get a discount and it's dependent on your age. For example, if you are 25 years old, you get... 25% 25% off. And they, and that you'll yeah. see you'll see we'll also include that in the Facebook page because that they, they give examples 45 45% off and on and on. 58 58% off. Okay, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. Now the funny thing is, it's for kids. Like it's a kids store. It's a young person store. Yeah, so I mean I guess they're hedging their bets that they're not going to get you know, a lot of 80-year-olds in there, but I'm I'm wondering some cheap person goes and rolls granny out from the home. Hey, what are you going to do about this? She's a hundred. <laughs> How's about everything for free? Huh? <laughs> I'm sure somewhere on those placards, there's a little fine print that says you can't bring granny. Something like <laughs> That's that. Nice. No, I think, I think. Anyway, the juxtaposition, as you were saying, is, was hilarious because on the one side, you've got this 11th or 12th century architecture and on the other side, a sale based on your age. <laughs> well, yeah. You've got to give it some credit yeah. for, for creativity. Oh, for sure. You know, it, it might catch on in North America. You never know. <laughs> uh, we want to thank our last guests, Adam and Mila and Jude. Again, we just had such a great time. And what popped up in my email the other day just brought a tear to my eye. When when I noticed one day Mila was just sitting by the pool and Jude was in, in there swimming and she was noodling around with a sketchbook and some watercolors. And I thought, well, this is interesting. And I, I went behind her and, and just took a look at, at what she was. And it was beautiful renditions of rock, but I really didn't know, you know, what she was putting together. Mm-hmm. Well, Mila was saying to me that she just picked this up during the pandemic. Ah. It was a way to keep, stay calm, do something productive. And I, I think she's really good. I think she's onto something because what she sent us, she sent us a, a, a picture of a finished jeet rendering. And it, it our jeet is, is a building unto itself. It's, it's detached and it's, it's actually quite a gorgeous uh, building from the outside and yes. now the inside. Yes. <laughs> but, but no, it really is. It's a, it's a stunning building and she just. Yeah, oh. she caught the, es- the essence of it. Yeah. It's, and, and the detail work is just really amazing. So I'm going to include that on the Facebook page as well. And I was just thinking maybe there's a way to blow that up and and make a, a portrait of it in the in the jeet. That would be a really good idea. Because you, did, Mila, if you're listening, you just did an amazing job and it really touched us. It was a very, very thoughtful thing to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Yeah, really great. nice. You know, it's funny with, with, with Jude here, we... Uh, <laughs> You know, he had a lot of interaction because he's busy. He's a busy guy. First of all, he's he's either he's either we've mentioned this. He's either in the pool or he's throwing the ball around or he's you know he's but asking a lot of questions, nonstop. Getting, and you know, for me, like we've never had kids, and you know, I'm a hundred, and you're hundred and two, close to a hundred. So, 
so it was it was tiring, but I, I will say this. I will say this, and this goes for all of friends and family when it comes to kids. I am proud to say that I have the rare ability, and I think Jude will, will become uh, an example of this, to take all of the many years uh, that friends and family have put into teaching and training their children and make it all vanish in only <laughs> a couple of days. Just poof. Kids, kids who've never cursed in their life swear like <laughs> drunken sailors after two days with Lumby. Yeah, you have that influence on them. Yeah, I know. You're that, you're that, that uncle type. I'm, I'm, yeah, well, who was it that said? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you have a crazy uncle? No. Then it's you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Hey, we got some good news this week, but it was weird how it happened. Okay. I decided, now that I'm winding down the business, I have a little bit more time to start taking care of some of our, our stuff here. Our personal stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I started um, looking for um, a general practitioner that is in this region. You'll remember that, you know, when we first got here, we thought that we'd be able to find one very easily, and we yeah. were very wrong. Yeah. When we first got here, you went to uh, our, our nearest village, and uh, either either you called or went in there and said, yeah, we're just looking for a family doctor. And after she stopped laughing. And then picked herself up off the floor. Yeah. Uh, we realized, oh, we might be in a, a spot of trouble. Now, they have amazing health care in France. Mm-hmm. They really do. And the carte fatale covers. It's a good system. Yeah, it's a good system. Once you get a doctor. Right. So back in October of 2020, when we got here, I, I um, called and um, I was told that we would be put on a list. Which we thought, okay, it was November of that year. We thought, okay, maybe by the end of December, maybe by January. And we went back almost a year later. We walked into the, to that clinic, the medical office, and we said, are you are you taking on any new patients? And again, laughter ensued. And she said, are you on a list? And, and we said, yes. She said, well, well, we'll be calling you eventually. Which we thought, okay, now at this point, a year later, we're just being, you know, right. gi- given the... Uh... I think I did this on Thursday. Uh, it was Thursday, yeah. So <laughs> I found... A general practitioner. Yeah, you were searching on, doc, what is it, Dr. Libro? <laughs> no, it's doc, Dr. Lieb. Dr. Lieb. And uh, both Jeff and I prefer, for some reason, we prefer working with a, a female doctor. So s- searching with these parameters. And I found someone who was taking on new patients, but not close by, about 40 minutes away. And I decided, okay, you know what? That's that's fine. We need to we need to find a doctor. So let's well, just I, make I, an appointment. I know it's it's long. It's a long drive here. But when you think about, like I was in, we were in Rockwood. My doctor was in Kitchener. That's an you, hour drive. There, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And yours was in Toronto. That's so an hour drive. It's an hour drive. And before that, we lived in Oakville, and it's an hour drive anywhere in Oakville. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> so all of a sudden, 40 minutes didn't seem like that big of a deal, really. Right. So same day, my phone rings <laughs> and it's an unknown caller. So I didn't answer it. I let it go to voicemail. Uh, Jeff and I had our lunch. Then I listened to my voicemail and it's the medical office asking if we still need a general practitioner. Did we want to take a meeting? The original one that you contacted. Almost two years ago. (laughs) 
on the same day. Same day. Now, we are not canceling the one that Julie found until we have had the meeting. Which is which is about three weeks prior to our scheduled meeting yeah. with the, the other GP. So, yeah, we're kind of hedging our bets, but this is exciting. <laughs> you know, it's a step in the right direction. That's kind of the last piece of the puzzle was to find a general practitioner. Now, it's funny. I, I had uh, I, I required an eye exam a couple of months ago. No problem. Mm-hmm. We found we found actually we found a guy who was a former Montrealer, mm-hmm. and he's got a practice, but it was in Toulouse, so that was a ninety minute drive. But that was easy to find an an amazingly uh, clean and efficient clinic. And again, they're they're. Their healthcare is second to none here. It's really well, incredible. Well, I had um, I had a medical appointment. They sent me an invitation. I've I've received three invitations for three different cancer prevention mm-hmm. exams. Yeah, uh, and I went to my first one, and it was on time, very pleasant, um, no issue whatsoever. Super prof- professional. So uh, that's good news. We have doctors, and um, well, hopefully. We'll, we'll, we'll keep you updated. Well, hopefully out of the... We have a meeting. Well, out of the two she of might, them. She might see us and go, <laughs> yeah. turn around, run yeah. away. And, and the one thing is the medical records. So we're getting our medical records, but they're going to be in English. So we don't know whether they need them translated or what have you, but... Yeah, well, we'll we'll soon find out. Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll certainly tell us. Hey, uh, you know what? Uh, I haven't done comments from the Facebook page for a while, and last week I did sort of promise that we would go through some of them. And again, we want to thank you for... Uh, indulging us. The Facebook page is great if you're listening to the podcast and you want to kind of, you know, just like the photos that we were just talking about from Villeneuve-sur-Lot. Well, it's hard for us to describe that architecture or even that for sale sign. But once you see everything on the Facebook page, it puts it all together. So it's a great companion piece for the uh, podcast. Check it out. Just type in you know, Jeff and Julie moved to France, and it'll pop up on Facebook. Karen, our buddy from Saskatoon. She Karen, did, she's she's a regular, huh? She does not miss an episode. It's her big Friday night. And again, thank you so much. This was uh, on Chateau Noyac, our last chapter, chapter 32. Thanks so much for entertaining me with your podcast, J&J. Love the pictures and oral descriptions of your adventures. The architecture blows me away. Wait, wait till you see this villain of Sir Lot thing. Uh, the markets look so fun. As always, I love Julie's French phrase. <laughs> That'll be coming up later on in uh, today's broadcast. And then we had a, a, a ton of people who were interested in our prune video. Well, it, it it was really interesting. Well, there were two of them. Now, the first one was with Anne-Marie and her family. Mm-hmm. That was chapter 31. If you've yet to see these harvesting videos, they're really quite cool. And... Uh, Jeremy and his dad, Daniel, and his mom, Anne-Marie, and Daniel's sister, they run a prune operation here. And if you haven't seen it, it's the coolest harvesting video you'll you'll ever see, the way they, they harvest these prunes. Their method, and then there's also a, a secondary method, which we posted the next week, which we saw on one of our walks. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because pruning has been a staple here for centuries. And it their operations, both of them, you're just watching and it's a well-oiled machine. Everybody knows their job. Every, you know, everything has its time and its place. And the final product is delicious. So Randall McNair, he wanted to say very cool. Thanks for sharing. Mike Richards, this is phenomenal. And that was the he was commenting on the, the uh, umbrella? On, on the umbrella catch thing that wraps around the tree, shakes the tree, prunes hit the umbrella, funnel down into the hopper. 
And it, it's really a genius <laughs> method. David Little, that's pretty cool. Trish Morrison, clever contraption. <laughs> Jerry Van Velden, my buddy, who I used to score a lot of goals on. Uh, <laughs> uh, interesting. Love seeing these different operations. So thanks for watching that. We're, we're, we're kind of in a mode now where we want to present a few more videos along with the photos. And this week, you may want to check out our visit to the lot. Uh, we went to a uh, a vineyard, and we're going to be talking about that. Yeah, the lot is a different department than ours, but it's very uh, it's a half hour drive, uh, and we went to this amazing uh, winery. Yeah, so we 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 did a full video of our tour there, and we're going to get to that in in a in a bit here. Uh, Hugh Douglas from out west. Chapter 30, the Penn Art Show and uh, Fresh Peche. Great photos. Thanks for sharing. I hope the drought in France that you're experiencing ends soon, but enjoy the summer heat. Well, I'm, I'm glad it is, and mm -hmm. thanks for that, Hugh. Mm -hmm. And then I got a very interesting thing from Juan Diego Jurich from Argentina. And he's Argentina? Re he was responding as well to the Harvest video, and he said, Hello, how are you? I'm from Argentina. I'm a producer of Plums d'Ajon. Huh. Recently, I made a Facebook group of plums around the world, Chile, Argentina, France, U.S., and Australia. Uh, we are engineers, producers, exporters, and many more. And I, I think he thought we were producers and wanted us to join the group. But I let him know that, we, you know, it was just a part of our... Of, of yeah, our... we just play producers on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought it was really, really kind of cool to uh, receive That's that. That's so neat. Thanks to everybody. Please uh, continue with your comments on our Facebook page. We really appreciate them, and we like to read them from time to time here on the podcast. Yeah, so w when we went to this winery, um, we we actually found out about it when we were having uh, a, a lunch. In Tournant. In Tournant d'Agenais, and the the owner, I think it was the owner, um, was describing the wine that, that you, Jeff, you were enjoying. And, right. And he said, you know, you should really go. This family has been in the business for almost 200 years, I think. Yes. 1830. Wow. And th their wines are n not available in, you know, the s supermarkets or in, in stores. And uh, he said it's a really great experience to go and visit them. And uh, we went online and it was really organized. This is a professional operation. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes you you can just drive up. And that was our experience for the, Berg uh, the Bergerac wineries that we went to. You just kind of drive up and they have a little tasting room. Well, this place, you sign up online and uh, you can purchase a, a very, very inexpensive tour of the facilities and the vineyards. Yes. And then it, and then at the end, it's followed up by tasting of five different wines. Right. We, t we took the prestige package. Right. So we arrive early in the morning um, for, it was a 10 o'clock uh, degustation. There's nothing better than a 10 o'clock wine tasting, I find. <laughs> the breakfast wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so we, uh, we, we met our guide, and she was uh, bilingual. Right. And her vocabulary was remarkable in English. Yeah, Florian. Florian. And she walked us through some of the the grapevines in the in the vineyard and explained, uh, you know, some of the uh, different kinds of soil and terroir that, that uh, um, grow different kinds of varietals. 
um, we were standing right in the middle of a vineyard with hundred-year-old vines, like and, thick and gnarly. Yeah, but, but funny that uh, even though they were a hundred years old, like the actual part of the vine that was going into the ground in places was no larger than the diameter of a golf club. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, and yet it bit like you could— you could take a little clippers and snap off a hundred years worth of growth very quickly, and but yet they are producing just beautiful uh, wines. And one of the things we learned is that for the wines to qualify for the AOC mm-hmm. um, rating, which is cherished, yes, it's appellation d'origine contrôlée. And again, when we talk about how the, the French are very proud of getting their accreditation um, because it means that their product has high standards. That's right. And, you know, so they require 70% of the Malbec uh, for for that. Now... For it to be a cow wine. That's right. For it to be a cow wine. Um, But sometimes they just want to produce off the AOC to have a different variety. Like, okay, example being you picked up a Chardonnay. Yeah, a and Chardonnay a Vien- blend, Viognier, Viognier. Yeah. and so that can't be considered a Cahors wine because it's white. Uh, one of the guidelines to getting the AOC is that it has to be red. Yeah, and even the rosés are Malbec. They're 100% Malbec, but they're not AOC. But they're just delicious. They're meaty and great. And so uh, one of the things that I was thinking about with our friend from Argentina, was this this day coming up, and we don't we don't even know uh, whether we're going to go to this or not. But it just sounds so cool because coming up this next Saturday, not uh, in September, September third, is this Malbec Day. It's a pretty interesting concept. The young daughter who is seventh generation. Yeah, she's going to be taking over this vineyard. And uh, gee, have we even mentioned the name of the uh, vineyard yet? <laughs> Uh, but uh, she's going to be the seventh generation of the vineyard, and uh, she's going to be taking over Tregudina. Am I Tregudina? Am I Tregudina? Yes. Tregudina. Yes. That's the name of the vineyard, and the Baldes family run it and have been running it since 1830. But she's also been going back and forth to Argentina. So she met this family, and and the family representative is coming to France, and it will be a, a comparison of the Argentinian Malbec with the French Malbec. And there's a chef. Jeff, what's the chef's name? Chef Norbert Kong. He will be pairing food with the... um, Various wines. Various wines, which it it sounds very, very fun. We have to let them know by today. It says right here. We'll make up our mind. Yeah, because I I, I think I'd like to, to try that. I think it'd be kind of fun. Okay. Just, you know, because... You know, the terroir differences between Argentina and France are great. So, you know, the, I mean, the growing conditions are similar, okay, with, with, in terms of the temperature and everything, but the soils are so different. So, you know, you'll be able to pick up the, the unique notes in the, uh, in the two different wines. One thing that Florian mentioned that was really interesting was the fact that um, the lack of rain didn't really affect the old vines, the ancient vines, because their roots go so deep oh, down that's right. that they can find water. Right. So we noticed like bountiful amount of grapes. Like they're they're going to have a huge 
all this year. Yeah, they didn't uh, have a negative effect from the heat so much. No. The only thing is that they're going to harvest earlier than That's right. than usual. Two weeks, yeah. and and also that was the case with uh, with the prunes. Exactly. Everything is pulled back two weeks because of the lack of moisture and heat this year, which right. is really interesting. And we can actually see it even in just the leaves of the deciduous trees. The leaves are starting to fall, like on our walks through the woods right now. The leaves are already falling. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, um, it was a wonderful wine tasting. I really enjoyed uh, the experience. And that brings me to the French phrase of the day. Am I to understand that the French phrase of the day is about one of my favorite activities? Drinking wine? Oh, uh, it it is about wine. Oh, it's about wine. Okay. And I think that you will actually get this. Oh. Um, but I want to run this by Such you. Such a broken no, wait, record. Wait, wait, wait. I want to run this by you. I just figured, like, there were so, so many yeah. uh, fr- phrases about wine, about wine right. that I, I, I thought it should be a twofer uh, today. What so, do you mean? It's, oh, two different ones? Two different ones. Oh, wow. Okay. They're short. They're, I, I, oh, okay. Yeah, they're short. Okay, the first one. Uh-huh. Uh, un repas sans vin s'appelle un petit déjeuner. <laughs> you got, get it. Totally got it. <laughs> A what meal, is it, Jeff? A meal without wine is breakfast. <laughs> right. Got it. <laughs> Boom, shakalaka. That's the first one you've blown, like, out of the park. No kidding. That's great. Okay, the next one. Je boirai du lait le jour où les vaches mangeront du raisin. Uh, one... Je boirai du lait le jour où les vaches mangeront du <laughs> du raisin. Okay. Uh, I drink. I drink. This is conditional. I would drink. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I would drink milk. Mm-hmm. No. I would drink milk like a cow. Mm-mm. No. I would drink milk like a cow would eat a raisin. No. <laughs> would eat a grape. No. 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 I would drink. Nailed it again. I would drink milk the Boom, day. Out of the park. The day. <laughs> I would drink milk. Grand salami. Wait, wait, wait. I would drink milk the day that cows eat grapes. Oh, okay. Get it? I was well, I get it. Yes, I thought I thought that's kind of what I said, but not even close. <laughs> that that was you got the first one. So well, and I I noodled around on the second one. Yeah, yeah, you've got Okay, you know pieces. what? From a baseball reference, mm-hmm. uh first one grand slam out of mm-hmm. the park. Mhm. Touch them all. Second base for second one. Okay, thanks. Second base. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's better than when I was a teenager. <laughs> Never even got to second base. So that was uh, that was good. Oh, those were good. I like that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that whole day was was a wonderful experience. We, you know, kind of drove by Puy-Levesque, which is a, a Bastide kind of old uh, medieval town. And, and Jeff, you took a, a couple of pictures. Really cool pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also included in the video about our day in the lot. It opens up on that uh, beautiful little uh, medieval town. And we had made reservations um, just, you know, based on our internet research uh, to um, a restaurant called Le Caillot. I got to tell you, this was the this was the best restaurant experience, like top to bottom, that we've had since we moved here. We had no expectations. And so we're, we're driving through the vineyards it really, around the restaurant, it felt like Napa. And we're surrounded by vineyards, and we 
we pull up and park the car, and there's this massive wood, ancient building that used to be a wine press. Uh-huh. And we're greeted. Immediately. Immediately, and we're, we're seated outside. We wanted to eat outside. Um, so uh, we proceeded to meet Eva, who was just so joyous. Yeah, she, she came over right huh. away. And just started talking with us. Ends up she's, uh, I think she's, I think she's Dutch. Anyway, yes. speaks a beautiful French, speaks incredible English, and of course Dutch, and probably speaks German too. And, and you know, we, she, she was so happy to make recommendations. And, and so, you know, we, we order our apéritif, and, and she uh, kind of pointed me in the direction of a, a sparkling white from a neighboring vineyard. And it was just fantastic. Yeah, she had great ideas on pairings and, and all that. I mean, she just really knew, knew her stuff. We figure that she's kind of runs the place in terms of, you know, the hosting, hosting, and the and the kitchen and and service, just amazing. And you you picked up on something that I always notice in a restaurant, and seldom is it done properly. But when we were one of the first people there, so we were placed at a table. The next people who were placed in were placed far away. Now they knew. They knew that every table was f- going to be filled mm-hmm. within the next 25 minutes. But instead of clustering every, I hate that when you go to a restaurant and there's all these tables around, but they cluster you together just so that it's easy for the server. It makes me crazy. So you get a chance to talk and breathe and enjoy your aperitif before all these other people come in. So they were plunking them all over the place. And eventually, yeah, it does all fill up, but you don't notice it as much. Right. You feel like they're paying attention to the details. Yeah. And the service was um, really, really good. We decided to have the the menu of the day, and uh, the female chef prepared amazing food. It was a, they call it a chicken Caesar, but not the kind of chicken Caesar you know uh, from Canada. This one had all kinds of different things in there and a very light Caesar dressing. Oh, it was just delicious. And again, a nice, a small portion because it was an entree. Mm-hmm. And then the fish was uh, was a, a white fish with a chorizo sauce. Oh, I just love chorizo. So that was... With with little potatoes and greens. Well, and, and then she goes and recommends, she did. would you like to try the frites maison? Yeah, and, they're homemade. They're special oh, today. Oh, yeah. So again, <laughs> we did that. No more so. frites for a while. <laughs> But, you know, everything came in just in time, right temperature. Uh, we just thought it was a delightful experience. And all kinds of languages were being spoken around us. Yes. Like, clearly, they've got a regular base of, of clientele. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the Dutch table next to us, there were Brits on the other side. A lot of Brits. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I would say, wow. Then we went in after, after fantastic coffee. We went in um, to to pay, which is customary here. And we look at the transformation of where they used to press the wine. And it's it's the the in interior of the restaurant. Right. Massive, well done, gorgeous fireplace. And like I can just imagine how intimate and how cozy it is during the winter. Well we're gonna find out. The one of the things that I noticed that they did, which I thought was great, they probably couldn't keep the entire floor for reasons I'm sure that, you know, it was probably not safe in areas, but there was an area that was still good and safe. So they kept that as part of the new restaurant, right. the original the floor. The 300-year-old floor. Yeah. 
Really cool. And we, we didn't get to visit the rest. You know, we were kind of, we had a, uh, some time restrictions, but they also have a jeet. Yeah. So they have r- rooms available. Um, and and I, I took a look online. They look really well appointed. Really, really very, very nice. The story is that they took over this place about 12 years ago and spent the first however many years just getting it up off the ground. And the, the restaurant has been around, I think, for the last six years, uh, I, I'm, on, I'm to understand. Yeah, I think that's my understanding. But I got to say, Eva, you knocked it out of the park. Your restaurant is amazing. And uh, we just wanted to thank you for an amazing day. Because it was, it, we, first of all, enjoyed the lot thoroughly, enjoyed uh, the, the vineyard. Uh, the Baldez family, and then to wrap it all up at uh, La Cayu, well, top yeah. notch. Regrettably, Ava <laughs> will be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, the adventures just seem to keep finding us, so stay tuned for Chapter 34 next week. Who knows what's around the corner? Two things are for certain. Uh, Julie will have the French phrase of the day, or two. I will break or ruin something. So <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> À la prochaine. Au revoir.